I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central Show. Subscribe at youtube.com slash techcentral and another, never miss another episode. Now, Maurice van Heerden is director at Planet World, audio specialist that represents some of the world's top audio brands. Uh, Maurice, uh, it's great to see you in the studio. Thanks for coming through. Cheers. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Great. So, Maurice, uh, there are actually four of you that uh, kind of started this business, and you're all brothers, mm. the van Heerden brothers. Um, what, was, uh, what was the background? What is the background of the four of you, and how did you uh, up in business together well uh it's not often that you find four brothers that um turn out to be good mates okay. and involved in business together no it's very unusual and socialize together <laughs> regularly um yeah we grew up in a in a in a close home um we're all quite close in age so mm -hmm. two years apart pretty much between all of us and we were all drifting in different uh careers doing different things i was a school teacher in the uk oh wow a dismal school teacher teaching what uh, sports science okay. um, so I had I had uh, aspirations to drink heavily travel and uh, and coach some rugby and I ended up teaching at a school in Croydon which is wow which is uh, I think the year I was there it was voted the chaviest town <laughs> in all of the United Kingdom <laughs> so that was fun so I was doing that and my my other brother was working in sales and um we were kind of all over the place, right. but had aspirations of doing something together. My dad was quite entrepreneurial, um, and he'd been involved in a few entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, actually only after his 50s. You know, mm -hmm. He walked, worked in, in the corporate world until then. And, um, and my one brother was working for this company called Planets Electronics um, for a guy called John Planets. Uh, obviously, where the name comes from. I was wondering from. where the name yeah. came from. <laughs> <laughs> and which still sits with us today, yeah. but… Uh, and it was a it was a small distributor of electronic components in the automotive trade. Okay. And I was I was actually sitting at a pub one night, and my brother phoned me, and he said, "Listen, this guy wants to sell." Mm -hmm. uh, this was in two thousand eight or two, late two thousand and seven, just prior to the financial crisis. It was oh, all just kind of starting to happen. And he was a Greek guy, and he wanted to sell and move to Greece, which, in hindsight, was not a great idea, <laughs> um, considering what happened to Greece after that. Mm -hmm. But and uh, my brother f called me and he said, um, you know, there's this business, it's for sale. I think we could do something really cool with it. And dad's keen and, you know, my brother Guy's keen and, you know, we're all going to jump in and we're going to do spin-off businesses from it. And, and uh, I'd actually just signed uh, at the school to stay permanently because okay. I was actually just there for two years while I had a visa. So I just uh, applied for my permanent uh, residency. And, um, yeah, he caught me while I was vulnerable. I'd had a few beers and I said, okay, I'm in. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I quit my job, which the headmaster wasn't too happy about. And then, and then came back and, and that's how it started. But it was, it was pretty, it was pretty humble in the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was a small business. I think we had five or six employees. Um, and, and my, uh, eldest brother, um, guy uh, had just started an airport shuttle business, mm -hmm. um, so we operated both businesses out of a small office park, which is not much bigger than your studio, yeah, okay. which included our stock room. <laughs> um, and that's how we started. And, and today the airport shuttle business is Easy Shuttle, which is the by far the largest airport shuttle service in the country. And, mm -hmm. and Planet Electronics since became Planet World, which mm -hmm. is where it is today. Why Planet World? Uh, I, I wish I had a really good answer, clever answer for you. But um, when we bought the business, the, the URL address was Planet World. Okay. But the company was called Planet Electronics. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, in 2018, we bought a company called Audiotronic, and this whole thing was the, the names were getting messy. And so we we went through a rebranding exercise, and we kind of did some market research, and we said, well, what do people know us as? Mm. You know, what, what do people call us? Uh, and it, it turned out to be Planet World, and we already owned the URL, so okay. that, that was useful. And so we changed it to Planet World, kind of stuck, yeah. um, and you know that's what it'll be right. from now on. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, you're very close to your your other brothers, and uh, and that's helped uh, you into business together. Um, but in business, there's there are always disagreements and differences over strategy and that sort of thing. How do you handle that as a family? We arm wrestle, and I almost always win. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> we. Um, you know, it, you're right. I mean, it, it, there there are times when we have a very different approach on how to handle something. Mm. Uh, as it so happened, um, my eldest brother and third eldest brother, so the one, I'm the youngest of the four, okay, uh, ended up working really, really well together. So, so w- uh, my eldest brother was kind of uh, more of a, you know, really strong leader, really strategic, um, and so he he kind of just assumed that role in easy shuttle. Um, and then Cole is just like an operational genius. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, if there's anyone that can get 200 drivers to work cohesively and, um, you know, and keep them motivated and, and, and so on, it's him. And so it just kind of naturally happened that the two of them ended up focusing on easy shuttle. And with Rainer and I, um, you know, as the business grew and grew and grew, um, it kind of happened in the same way. I sort of stepped into the more strategic kind of leadership role and, mm-hmm. and Reno, Reno's a very analytical guy. He should have been an engineer, um, but he's, he's not, uh, but, but he really should have been, he's really a details guy. Mm-hmm. So, so he buckled down on the parts of the business that required that. I'm not a details person at all. And so my, um, sort of my natural inclination was to step into more of a kind of strategic and leadership role. And so, I guess because there's no power struggle mm-hmm. between us, mm-hmm. um, it actually it works it great. Just flows. It just flows. It works great. Uh, but there are times when there's conflict, and we, you know, we normally just grab a glass of wine or a few beers and sit down and swear at each other a few times and <laughs> have our disagreement, and and we always come out the other side, you know, mm. usually usually with a clear vision um, ahead of us. But it's. Okay. I couldn't think of better strategic partners to have. Um, right. You know, we can be brutally honest with each other, and we we learn from each other, and and I think we all appreciate yeah. each other's input in the business. Okay. So it's great. So some, if not all of you, didn't really have a background in business. I think some of you were toying with some stuff, but yeah. you were a teacher. Yeah. Uh, suddenly you're going to running a business. It's a very different proposition. Yeah. Um, did you just learn the ropes doing, or do you have a business background? Doing no business mm-hmm. background. Um, we, you know, we, we, like you say, hit the ground running. Uh, you know, Rainer and I, we put stock in our, the boot of our car and we drove, I had a, an old uh, 4.4 smart car that had 187,000 kilometers on the clock okay. when I got it. Um, and, you know, my, my starting salary was 7,000 rand a month. And I packed my boot full of stock and we drove around and, and, and try to get rid of it, and that, okay. and that's how we learnt. You know, we 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 learnt on the on the road and yeah. engaging with customers, and you know, and I think fundamentally one of the big uh, turning points for us was um, we started doing this brand of of infotainment systems for cars, mm. and this was in two thousand and eight when cars didn't have infotainment systems. Mm. If you were lucky, you had a Bluetooth 
in your car. There was no such thing as Android Auto. No, none of that existed, right? So you had (laughs) touchscreen didn't really exist. Um, And so we found, we went to a, a, a trade fair in Hong Kong and like in the back aisle, I don't know, row F block mm. 34, there was a little booth and they had these touchscreen radios and we imported 10, which was a massive financial commitment for us at the time. And like could sink us as a business, right. you know, and we sold all 10 in the first day because it was oh. such a new technology. Mm. And then we got 50 and then we got a hundred and we were selling these things hand over fist but then they started coming back, you know, and they started coming back as fast as we could send them oh, out. Yeah. And that was probably, I would say, the biggest learning curve was, you know, how to how to cope under that and still deliver great customer service and kind of put the customer at the forefront of everything that you do. Because, you know, the reality is you're going to have product failures, you're going to have operational failures, you, can, you know, these things are going to happen. But if you communicate well with, with your customer, if you, you know, keep them up to speed with where you are in, in the process of, of fixing their, their issue, you know, if you ensure that they always front and center of, of how you deliver your service, then mm. generally you'll come out on top. And so we've had a few of those disasters happen over the years, but we've always dealt with them well. Mm-hmm. And we've always focused on, on the customer experience. I mean, right down to the detail, if you come to our office and we've got speakers in the gardens, in the mm-hmm. parking area, mm-hmm. you know, and that's very intentional because we want when you arrive there, our whole slogan is life amplified. When we, we want you to arrive and be surprised by this incredible sound that's coming out of, you know, behind the, the shrubs and <laughs> the trees. Um, so we think about custom experience in everything that we do and it's, it started there. Yeah. 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 So how many brands did Planet Electronics represent when you bought them compared to the number of brands you're representing today? So two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of which we represent today. Okay. Um, so we had a Bluetooth uh, replacement kit, uh-huh. yeah, which was called creatively Mr. Bluetooth. Okay. Um, and then we had a, a third a, a parking sensor replacement, which was really eighty percent of the business at mm. the time, mm-hmm. uh, called Third Eye. Uh, actually, we still do a bit of Third Eye, to be honest with you, not much, but we still do a bit of it. Today, the group's got well over sixty brands uh, in total. Um, we have some in-house brands uh, where we we do the product development and we do quality control and we go and inspect factories and and order and brand them ourselves. Okay. Um, we've got four or five of those. What is that brand? One Nav is is by mm-hmm. far the biggest one, and it's all based on this premise of one. So we've got one Nav, one X, one mm-hmm. Audio, um, which uh, which have been around now for five or six years and still a big. You know, um, big profit driver for us. And the are they business. made in South Africa or no, 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 contract no. manufactured in China? Contract manufactured in China. Yeah. Okay. So we do all of the development. Yeah. So I mean, essentially, we'll get a white label product and then we'll modify it. Okay. You know, to the spec that we want, and and that's the portfolio that Rayner looks after, and we'll bring it up to spec for South African customers and implement changes in the user interface and implement some hardware changes and. Um, and then we do, yeah, around 60 global brands mm. which operate across the industries that mm-hmm. we play in. Okay. Okay. But you're a distributor, right? You don't service the end user retail market. You yeah. distribute to retailers, Correct. to value-added resellers and that sort of market, right? Yeah. So we, so we operate in a few different industries. Automotive. Uh, we operate in musical instruments. Well, now in musical instruments. The home space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pro AV or Pro Audio, which mm-hmm. is uh, kind of large format houses of worship, stadiums, that sort of thing. Right. 
and in all those instances, we, 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 our responsibility is to import the right product and match it to the requirements in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, to supply it to a, a range of resellers that are well-trained, that are educated about the products, that have a solid client base um, to which to sell the products. Um, and so we deal with about 1,500 of those mm-hmm. uh, around South Africa. And then we also have small operations in Namibia and Botswana, Okay. Um, and so on. How Much many, smaller. How many people do you employ today? It's about 160. Okay. Yeah. That's huge. About 160. Mm. Well, a year ago, it was 70. So it's been a busy wow. year. That's more than doubling in 12 months. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this this line in my hairline was there a year ago and it's now here. <laughs> no, it's, it, we, we acquired Tom's Sound and Music and, yep. and with that came quite a lot of people and a lot of new brands and we operate in two new industries. So, it's been a very, very busy, uh, product, productive, but also successful year. I think many South Africans know the brand Tom's as a retail store where you can buy musical instruments and mm. podcasting gear and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but you bought Tom's for a different reason, not for the retail stores. You bought them because they're a distributor of certain products. Correct. So, so Tom's had three divisions. It had Tom's, the retail stores, uh, and uh, which we don't own. Um, yeah. We spun those out and sold them to somebody so else. So you bought them and then sold them. Correct. Okay. We then, uh, we, they then had a company called Wild and Mar, which was a division of Tom's. Okay. And Wild and Mar was the importer of stuff like Shure microphones, uh, JBL uh, um, Professional, which is all the kind of outdoor speakers and large format uh, PA. Uh, and then they had a company called MIDI Music, which was an importer of musical instruments. And so, you know, it, I wish I wish I could tell you that this was our strategy from day one back in 2008. Um, it really wasn't. At, at that stage, we were just trying to make a living. But as we started distributing musical instruments or, or not um, products in the music industry, speakers and that sort of thing, um, it really became clear to us that what we wanted to do was um, we, we come from a musical family. Music plays an enormous role in in our lives and our family's lives. And so it became clear that we wanted to be part of the musical journey and how that's kind of manifested itself over time through the right place and the right time and some luck and and the right opportunities is that from the moment an artist has an idea about a piece of music, they then grab their instrument, which hopefully we've imported and distributed (laughs) to a retailer from where they bought it. Um, they, They create the piece of music. It then gets recorded in a studio that's full of our mixes and microphones and, and equipment goes into a post-production studio, which we're responsible for bringing that equipment in. And then it reaches the consumer's ears, which is, which we, you know, which hopefully if, whether it's in their car or their home or in their office or at their church or in a stadium, you know, we've supplied mm. the speakers. So we kind of amplify every step of that journey. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the mission that we're on. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the slogan life amplified, you know? Yeah. For um, sure. for so sure. that's kind of the mission that we're on. And then a couple of years ago, um, Tom's wasn't, hasn't been your only acquisition. You also made a, the, an acquisition in 2017 of a business called Audiotronic. Uh, what Correct. did they do? So uh, we were only operating in automotive uh, or car audio and automotive until accessories then. until mm-hmm. then. And I'd seen Sonos in the UK right. through a friend in 2017. And I was just blown away. Um, I, I knew you know, within a minute of kind of using the app and mm. seeing how it all works together and seeing how you can build out the ecosystem that this was the future of, of music, which in America and Europe and so on, it was already dominating market share. 
but I'd never heard of it in South Africa and yep. everybody I knew had never heard of it. So I desperately tried to get the distribution and I in fact went to go see the owner of Audiotronic who was the distributor. Okay. And I, and I said, I, I really want to take over the Sonos distribution. And he, he had a, a prized four letter word for me <laughs> followed by off. And, um, <clears throat> and, uh, but I didn't give up and, and, you know, by again, I'm very lucky. I had a friend who had a friend who was actually a shareholder in the business and uh, we ended up buying the company in 2018. And that was where we started to expand beyond automotive. Right. And that, so they, Audiotronic distributed Sonos, uh, Onkyo, uh, and a speaker brand called Dali. So that was where our, our sort of a journey into home audio started. Okay. Um, and what's the mix now compared to car audio and home, home and professional audio? What's the revenue? They, they fight neck and neck. Hey? Okay. So they, they're pretty close. So car was always way bigger. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that we found in all of the industries that we've got involved in, and it's been pretty consistent, and I don't think uh, that we would get involved if, if it was any other way, is that typically what we've always found is that there are seven or eight distributors in the space. Most of them are owner-run. Mm -hmm. Most of the owners have been doing it for 30 or 40 years. Um, they kind of all know each other, and it's an old boys club, and you know, they've got their unwritten rules that they all kind of stick to and mm -hmm. nobody touches each other's brands. And, um, and so we, we disrupt us. We, mm -hmm. we, we basically, we find an opportunity to come in, consolidate the whole market. We bring cutting edge technology, cutting edge service. And, you know, the client base that these distributors sell to are mesmerized by what we can offer them in terms of service and backup and support and, 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 you know, and speed, mm -hmm. um, and technology that you know within a year every single one of those distributors is for sale <laughs> so we've we we typically consolidate them pretty quickly and and that's what we did in home so we we actually did three acquisitions in home mm -hmm. uh, uh and we really got a we could kind of pick and choose you know how we wanted our portfolio to look and and that's what we did so we consolidated i thought it would take five years and it took us two okay yeah okay so you represent a wide range of brands now. How many in total, roughly, you said? About 60. About 60. Yeah, okay, yeah. and one of them is sure. You were very kind enough to bring in these two microphones. What's the model number? MK7? MV7. MV7. Yeah. These are specifically designed for podcast studios. Correct, right? yeah. Okay. Um, and sure is a big player in that space. Um, who, what are the biggest brands in your stable now? I imagine Sonos is, is probably number one. Is that right? Yeah, by revenue, Sonos is, is our biggest. Yeah. So um, when we took over Sonos, it was – it was very small, mm -hmm. very, very small. Um, they sold maybe between 500 and 800 pieces per year. All right. We do about 35,000 uh, now, 40,000, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, and growing every year by kind of 30, 40%. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Despite so the fast. economy. Despite, it's, 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 um, it's one of those kind of Apple-esque <laughs> products that yeah. just – People want it, you know. A lot of and people refer to it as the Apple of music, yeah, the Apple it, of speakers. It really is. Yeah. It's it's the products are beautiful. They work well. Um, they, the quality is fantastic. The brand is really strong. It's a brand that people want to be part of. Mm. Um, and once you use it, you know, obviously I get, I get, you know, when you have an audio distribution business, you have a lot of, you get a lot of friends, yeah. you know, <laughs> of guys that want. And you get to play with a lot of tech yeah. as well, yeah. And yeah. it Sonos remains my number one okay. recommended product to friends okay. and family because it's easy to use. It's great quality. It's scalable and you can build it up mm. into your ecosystem. As takes, you want. Uh, what I like about Sonos is it takes the complexity out of home audio. In the, in the past, you'd, 
you'd probably spend half a weekend wiring up a new audio system to an amp yeah. and speakers and all the rest of it. It was for audio it's nerds, all you know. It was like mm. you know, you really had to be a bit of an audio nerd to get a receiver, and then yeah. you know, then you'd have these floor standing speakers. And I mean, we still sell those, but in 2018, that was the majority of Audiotronics business. Yeah. It's now a very small minority. Interesting. Very, very small. Yeah. You still get your audio heads that you know your audio files that that prefer a receiver and sure. prefer the kind of time aligning. It but I'm sure their audio files would go Sonos too. You know, um, uh, what I would love to do, I'm yet to do it, but yeah. is to, is to, cause you know, audio files are like food critics. Mm -hmm. They, they, they listen to a piece of music, not to enjoy the music, but to criticize the speakers. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, I've, I've always wanted to blindfold them and then put, put them in front of like a, a good normal setup and then a Sonos setup. Cause, and in my house, I've only got Sonos and mm -hmm. I, you know, I've got a, the privilege of being able to kind of do anything I want yeah. as far as audio goes. And it, it really, it's just a fantastic. Be honest, way. how many Sonos speakers do you have in your house? <laughs> mm. uh, <clears throat> you have to count. Uh, a few. <laughs> it's over 10. It's over 10. <laughs> it's over 10. And I don't have that many rooms. It's just, you know, it's it's kind of a, there's not a single corner of my house that doesn't have sound yeah. Yeah. permeating through yeah. it at some point or another. Well, we actually have an exercise for our viewers and listeners uh, this week. Um, we're using these instead of uh, our usual lapel mics this week. So drop us a mail or leave a comment under the YouTube video or on Tech Central uh, as to what you think of the audio quality of these microphones. We'd be keen to, to hear your views. Should we be using these instead of our lapel mics? Tell us what you think. Info at techcentral.co.za is the address. There's only one to answer use. to that question. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, we've touched on the uh, state of the economy, but you say Sonos is still is still booming. Um, we know that South Africans are under pressure in the current economic climate. Uh, you tend to sell products into a more sort of the high end of the Correct. market. Is that segment, uh, which I presume is sort of LSM eight and higher, uh, able still able to afford? Have it? Does it have the discretionary spend yeah. uh, to buy the products that you're selling? Um, so are you perhaps? I guess the question I'm asking is: Are you perhaps a little more insulated from the vagaries of of the South African economy? Um, no, to be honest with okay. you. So I mean, it 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 depends on your on your outlook. So uh, we do sell to the higher end of the of the market, and I think typically the space where we promote and and market and sell our products aren't necessarily that financially affected by uh, changes in interest rates or things like load shedding. They, they might have minor, it might have a minor impact on them, but uh, you know, I don't think that they, their money all of a sudden disappears and they can't afford to buy stuff. But what does change is sentiment, right? And, sure. and I think when sentiment's negative, then automatically people become a little bit more restrictive with their spend on luxury mm -hmm. goods and so on. That being said, you know, our internal message is just, we don't talk about it much, to be honest, mm. because it's it's not something that we can change or sure. we can impact change on. What we what we can change is our attitude, and what we can change is how you know how aggressive we are in the market and how we approach our customers, and you know, and really focus on customer needs. And and so that's what we do. We we try not to get sucked into all the all the negativity because it's really out of our control, um, and it doesn't you know mm. no good comes from it really. So, so we just focus on what we can do well. Um, and, you know, we, we really focus on strategy of the different brands and we develop brand strategies for each one of them, yeah. uh, which, which we implement. And we're seeing some areas, I mean, there, there, are, um, there are silver linings because the corporates obviously know something 
that we don't because they're spending money like crazy oh, really? on, on video conferencing equipment and redoing office buildings. And okay. we're selling more video conferencing equipment than you know than you could ever imagine right now. Interesting. Um, which is all the big corporates that are investing money. Because of hybrid work and yeah, the exactly. sort of aftermath of COVID. Well and I think people are now coming back into the back into the office. Um and there's a huge focus on on video conferencing, you know, yeah. a massive focus. Yeah. So so there we're really strong. Uh we're very, very strong musical instruments there. We've 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 performed really, really well. Um so that side of the business is going great. Our home division continues to grow. Automotive is under a bit of pressure. Okay. We don't really have much market share to churn out there because we're very dominant in that space. But everywhere else, there's, you know, if the market gets a bit smaller, I don't get too worried because there's, you know, as long as there's competition, there's market share to grab. So yeah. we just focus on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when there are no competitors left, then you well, start to worry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> then I'll retire. Okay. I'm interested in the audio, uh, the car audio market. It's not something I look at closely and certainly not something I've looked at in, in many decades. I think the last time I actually installed a, uh, an audio solution in my car was in the days of cassette tapes. Yeah. Um, that market, uh, what are consumers buying there? I mean, imagine that, you, you know, if you wanted to, you could really spec up quite a hell of a system for your car. Yeah. What's available in the market? What are guys buying? So uh, it's definitely shifted in the last 10 years, whereas before, or probably 15 years, whereas before you would see real enthusiasts spending big money on yeah. custom car installations. That's very slow. Um, okay. You know, I think that car manufacturers produce cars with pretty good sound yeah. now, you yeah. know, so um, that's rare. But where we do a hell of a lot of business, you know, you traditionally think of car audio as two 12 inch subwoofers in the boot yes. and a big box and six by nines. The whole thing shaking. Like this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we actually don't do much of that. What we do a hell of a lot of is, is, you know, a guy driving a Hilux or a Fortuner or mm -hmm. a Ford Ranger or a, you know, an everyday vehicle where the sound is not great. And for relatively cheap, you can get a really great sounding system in your car. Oh, yeah. And again, it, you know, and and uh, forgive me for overusing the word, but it really amplifies your experience of driving when you have a great sounding uh, system in your car. That's true. Yeah, mm. it, it totally transformed the ex transformed the experience of being stuck in traffic. Yeah, when you've got a uh, you know, and, and a car is also a very acoustically easy space to work in. So you know, by simply replacing four speakers, mm. you can already have a really fantastic sounding system. Um, that you can bop your head along integrated to. Integrated into the existing car. Fully integrated into the existing uh, um, OEM factory fitted radio. Right. Um, and then you can obviously add subwoofers and things, but they don't make them in these huge boxes. Everything's now slimline. It sl mm. slides under your seat. You don't even know it's there. Okay. And then you've got, you know, for 10 or 12,000 Rand, you can, you can take what a manufacturer would offer you for 60,000 Rand. You can do for 10 or 12,000 right. Rand in right. the aftermarket. Right. So, so that's where we do most of our business. And then the second part is the infotainment systems, mm -hmm. which to be honest with you, I said eight years ago would, would die soon. And it's still as strong as ever because for a lot older of cars, sorry, for older cars or no, for current, for current cars. So what a lot of manufacturers do in South Africa is that they import the vehicles from India or from Indonesia or for, and they, because the radio frequencies are different or because the languages are different or there's, there's issues with the existing uh, infotainment system that they supply on that side, they import them without those. Mm -hmm. And then we would approach that manufacturer or the manufacturer would approach us and we would develop a solution for that vehicle. And so we've done lots of 
projects with the likes of Nissan and Isuzu and and these guys to have a local solution that's locally supported. You know, we can make the screen fully OEM that it looks like a, a an Isuzu or a Nissan or oh, a Suzuki fine. piece of equipment, um, but it's locally supported. You know, if there's an issue with it, it gets locally repaired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually have a team that goes out in the Durban dock onto the boat before they offload the vehicles and we, we turn out and fit them there. Interesting. What are yeah. the big brands in car audio? So uh, there's a few. We, we do most of them. So mm-hmm. the, uh, there's um, our portfolio stretches. So we, we don't do, there's a, there's a pocket of very entry level products, yeah. which is typically white label sort of product that's imported from China and then labeled locally. We don't really get involved in that space. We start with a brand called JVC, mm-hmm. I know them, which yeah. you'll know well. Yeah. yeah. Um, we then, kind of one step higher than that is Kenwood, which you also know, mm-hmm. which we do. Uh, uh, we then do a brand called Alpine, um, which is a little bit more premium, um, you know, mid to high price point, mm-hmm. really, really premium. was very, very big in the 80s, but still quite strong. And then you get to your real enthusiast brand. So one of them is Kicker, which is like an American car audio brand. Kicker. Kicker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great company. And, and that was the first audio product that we distributed was Kicker. That's okay. kind of what kick-started the journey into audio. Right. Um, and that's by far our biggest uh, car audio brand, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we do a, a much more refined and much more expensive brand called Focal, which is French. And that's, uh, that's re- I mean, there you can run into the hundreds of thousands of rands Good grief. For, a, for a car audio right. system. Right. I mean, right. they make a single speaker that costs 250,000 rands. Good grief. For, for, for the pair. And yeah. you've sold a few of these. We, you know, you get these guys, these nuts that just, <laughs> they want the biggest and the best. So, What, what have you put them into as a matter of interest? Berks you know, and, you, no, uh, no, that's uh, the crazy part, hey? Um, uh, the one that we, we, the one that comes to mind, we put in an old Subaru. You're kidding. Yeah, the, I think the speakers were worth more than the car was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, 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 passionate there's about enthusiasts, we, we, passionate, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then they had to build custom door panels and all. It took about a year to get to get the system in the guy's car. Okay, but okay. Look, if they want it, we'll sell it to them. Man. <laughs> Good, Maurice. You've also got some news to share today. You're launching something called Rockstar Studios this week. Um, what is it exactly? Is it a recording studio? Is it a place for artists to come and mess around? What is it exactly? Well, it's kind of both. So okay. we, we um, when we bought Tom Sound and Music, what we realized is that um, most of the importers, distributors were very, very focused on promoting their products to rental companies who are the companies that effectively warehouse the equipment and then rent it out to events and so on. And that was really their single focus. Um, whereas we're quite passionate, being passionate about music and being passionate about this country, we we kind of looked at it from a different perspective and how do we how do we use this opportunity to to try and uplift the local music community and how do we contribute back to them in some way that makes commercial sense mm-hmm. and so we we needed to build a space where we could showcase our products in a in a real kind of live setting mm-hmm. um so so we had to do that anyway uh but that doesn't really impact on musicians lives you know that's just in the normal course of business and so what we did is we we actually built a performance theater mm-hmm. at our campus in Cramerville. We converted a little warehouse that we have on the campus, about 420 square meters big. And it's a full on performance venue. Kitted out with the latest and greatest in, in PA in microphones in musical instruments in guitar amplifiers and bass amplifiers in drums. And then we have two studios. We've got a, 
a podcast slash radio studio. Uh, and then we also have a post-production studio. So uh, we actually had our first band in there last night. Incredible. Um, this is all at your office in Santon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, you'll see it at the launch. So we we had our first band in the space last night. It's a band called Rubber Duck, which is a great local act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. cool guys. And um, I mean, it was just incredible to to because they're playing. You know, in their in their case, they may have played on it before, but for many of the musicians that will come through there, it'd be the first time they're ever playing on. You know, really the very best equipment mm-hmm. that you can, and so. Really, what the aspiration is 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 a couple of fold. Obviously, there's the commercial element of showcasing our product, but two is to really engage and educate South African musicians about best practices on microphones, best practices on guitars, mm-hmm. best practices on drums, and educating them how to make clever choices. Um, and then, obviously, allowing them to use the facility to rehearse, you right. know, to record, to post down their raw recordings, and they can take it off and and mix it later. Mm-hmm. Really, kind of weave our way into the fabric of the South African musical industry. You know, that's okay. essentially what we're trying to do with the space. Fantastic. Now, before I let you go, uh, actually your, your offices in Santon, while we're talking about that, have a whole bunch of demo areas. In fact, you walk in there, it looks like you're walking into a house, <laughs> yeah. office park. Uh, you've got lounge, sort of TV lounges, I guess I'd call them, and, mm-hmm. and a bed and bedrooms and, and all sorts of living spaces, kitchens, where you demo your products. Um, can the public walk in there and go and check it out, or is it only for your um, distribution partners? No. So so the public can come anytime. Okay. And um, we took the approach of a showroom quite differently. I think normally audio showrooms are quite stale and bright mm. and not really reflective of what you experience in your own home. Mm. So we, we effectively built a 700-square-meter showroom that represents different scenes in a home. Uh, so whether they be lounges or bedrooms or dining rooms or studies and we filled it with beautiful furniture all south african design furniture um that that was all made in south africa designed by local south africans and so it's a platform for them to showcase their product and we essentially adapt our product to the design Mm. which is what you do in your home it's very rare you find somebody whose first piece of furniture or equipment they put in their house are the speakers and they build the furniture around that, <laughs> no, right? Yeah. So so we just took a natural approach and typically the furniture comes in first and then you may design an audio system or an automation system or a home cinema system or you design it around that. And so that would, that's what we did. The public are welcome to come anytime. Um, you know, we are open normal trading hours. We even open on Saturdays. So we, we welcome the public to come in. Okay, good stuff. And we'll offer advice and we'll offer, we'll direct you in the right direction of, of, of working with an integrator who can actually install the products for right. you. But, um, but we don't sell directly sure. to the public. Sure, sure. Well, go check them out. You're in Cramerville, which is on the eastern side of Santon, I guess quite near to the N1. 17 Commerce Crescent, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Full address. <laughs> go check it out. And let us know what you think of these sure microphones. Uh, info at techcentral.co.za. We'd love to hear your views and we'll use them for our next few shows. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on what you think of the audio quality. Just bearing in mind, of course, that that YouTube and the other distribution platforms compress the audio. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not the raw output, but uh, you should still hopefully be able to hear the difference. Fantastic talking to you. Maurice, Maurice van Heerden is director at uh, Planet World. Thanks for making the time to talk to Tech Central. Thank you. Pleasure.